how to do an intro so bear with me thank you for joining us on book wars pod today we are finishing up our talk of visions ronin by emma miyako kandon chapter 29 through the ending we're not going to do a wrap so this is the last time you hear us talk about it until it comes into our brains at a later time um i am joined as always by miranda kate and chris kristen is not here today but she hasn't died or anything she'll she'll be she's back pregnant she, um, she also just has covid can, oh yeah we can say that we can say that now she's back? pregnant oh she does have covid so <laughs> she's just dying <laughs> originally she wouldn't be here tonight um because she was pregnant and had other things to do but also she has covid and she has a social life um not not with covid but her sister's <laughs> yes. thing so sorry, she's, Kristen. I'm immediately accusing you of being a super just spreader. Breathing over everyone in Portland. And, <laughs> That's her job. You know, it's, it's it's fine. Yeah, just walking around old folks' homes, coughing. Like a suit. Like a. She's super gonna hear this later and be like, Ronna, what the fuck? She's got a super soaker for her cough juice. Oh my god. Uh, I could make a really bad joke for all the natives who are not listening to this for my people about diseases, but I won't. Anyways, let's talk about what we're drinking. I'll start with you, Kate. Alrighty, so I have here, I've got some green tea from the tea spot, so I don't fall asleep. I also have, ooh, lordy, I poured more of this than I thought I did. Um, this, oh, God, help us. Get fucked, all right? All right, so this is Monkey... <laughs> Guys, we can hear you. Monkey 47. Um, uh, that's the what the gin is called, and its thing is that it has monkeys in it? and berries in it. Oh. No, it does not have monkeys in it. Thank God. Um, it's not like the, the lamb beer last oh, week. Yuck. Um, yeah, it, it's, there's no blood. There's no blood in my alcohol. Um, it's, it's got it's got it's got lingonberries in it. Except honestly, this was only okay for me. It tastes like fucking gin. So cool. And that's the food of my people. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Where do you drink a bird? Uh, I have wine, white wine. Um, it's a it's a Pinot Grigio from Washington. It's from Walla Walla. Um, I opened it yesterday, so it's not as good as it was yesterday. But it is a screw cap, and I bought it because I made a pan sauce. And then you only need a little bit, so now I have a fuck ton of wine. Well, now I have almost no wine because I'm drinking the rest of it. But I also have water. I support that. <laughs> for, Good. You are health. living my life in a couple days because I have to make a soup. Like, Well, I don't have to, but I'm going to make a Greek soup that has wine. I wanted to get Pinot Grigio. They didn't have any, so um, I don't even remember what the fuck I got. But um, anyways, I too will be like, oh no, I had to use a quarter cup of white wine. I guess I'm drinking oh, this. No. My third cup of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the I think you should leave drop of I'm scared of how much <laughs> wine I need. <laughs> Not yet in the uh, uh, in the catalog. You know, that's okay. I don't want us to be like those like white moms who get to have wine become their whole identity, and they don't get their kids taken away. Unlike you know, everyone else like the rest of us. That, so. It's not as bad as yeah. white weed moms. Oh, true. That's yeah. a whole fucking issue. 
I feel like Weed Moms is more Gen Z, whereas the Millennials had the Wine Moms. That was oh, like yeah, really I don't know any Gen Z parents. Gen, uh, wine Moms is also like Gen X. Yeah, That's it's true. very Gen X. Some Millennials uh, too, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I feel like I want to see a Venn diagram that is like people who identify as Wine Moms and then people who I see on social media who thankfully I've never met in real life. Well, I've met, but I avoid. Um, who are like those white women who are like really spray tanned and wear very large sweaters with skinny jeans and boots it's a circle. yeah it's like i'm curious i want to see the overlap because i think diagram there's a lot a circle. There. yeah and they yeah it's complete overlap chris what you got uh i have green tea because i was running late and so didn't feel like i had the time to pour myself any alcohol oh Boo-hoo. do you need to pour yourself alcohol not... while i say what i'm drinking no i'm okay thank you though do you want to tell us i did have for? i did have a sip of kate's gin which is very interesting it's like very sweet up front and then Turn you the like it's, it's famously uh it's very sweet up front and then you get like about halfway through and it just turns like straight to grain alcohol Ooh. <laughs> Not the great alcohol, but the idea of the transition. Uh, next time I'm at your house, please I'm let me try. I'm just picturing putting like um, those toy monkeys into Everclear. <laughs> oh my god, I can picture them in my head—the ones yeah. that hang on each other. Put that in Everclear, yeah. and you'll get the monkey gin. I don't, you might get some. Well, we already have Forever Chemicals <laughs> on us. Never mind. Listen, if you've ever had Everclear, you'll be okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my mom makes limoncello with Everclear, and there's a limit on how many bottles you could buy in the state of Massachusetts at a time. So she used to have to drive into like Connecticut or Rhode Island <laughs> in order to get enough to make How limoncello. much <laughs> limoncello does she make? She would make it for Christmas for everybody. So she'd make like 20 to 30 small bottles. How? What could she go what to? What is the different... limit on Everclear? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember her being really fucking Can she mad. go to different stores and just keep. Or... Yes, it... but there it's like when you buy NyQuil oh, and you it, have to like have like a NyQuil? limit. Yeah. yeah. And they can check mm-hmm. how much I'm just still like have this vision yeah. of Rana's mom like walking around with a fucking shopping cart full of Everclear, <laughs> like fucking yelling at a store manager, being like, This is not hey, enough. Hey, my mom is not a Karen. My mother is a white woman, but she is not a Karen. Okay. <laughs> but I can't imagine She's not yelling. She hasn't she did once have a very similar haircut. Though. She sounds like a math problem lady. Oh, she is. She's like spreadsheets for life. Oh no, I mean, like how much if she if Karen? Oh, if oh, not I see. Karen Sorry, buys. I was like, does she view life as a mouth drugs of yes. Everclear? How soon will she be arrested by the state you know, of Massachusetts? When I, I'm going to bring this up to her when she's here this weekend, and she's probably going to tell me I'm remembering it wrong, and it's just that like she couldn't buy it at that store and drove into Rhode Island coincidentally or something. I just like um, see, I, I mean, have met your mom, so I can't imagine her just standing over like a vat of Everclear, just figuring. Oh yeah, because you saw mm-hmm. her like cook and like refill everyone's mm-hmm, drinks mm-hmm, five hundred mm-hmm. times. Like that is my mother. That is who I am too. Unfor- not even unfortunately. No, you know what? I'm annoying, but I'm great at a party. So. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am not drinking Everclear, nor am I drinking my mom's limoncello, which I kind of wish I were. That that <laughs> shit is delicious. Um, anyways, I am having a pear vanilla hopped sour for the last time that I report everyone's drinks and cook too much food, which was the get together uh in the end of January, and I bought a shit ton of alcohol that was way too much for the like twelve people who came. So I'm still drinking it. <laughs> Um, it's by Dewclaw Brewing, which I had never heard oh, of before. Oh, they're out of uh, Maine? Though I should have, because I'm obsessed with my dog, Marilyn. Oh, fuck. So close. <laughs> I was like, they're out All of right, somewhere. your own home. Like, I know that, that brewery for some... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 7.1% alcohol per volume. 
It has a lot of text. You probably don't want to hear me read it all, but it is Book Wars Pod, so this is my book, I guess. Some things are just better together, just like this sour ale. With hops in true tart harmony, each smooth and satisfying sip unfolds layers of pear and warm vanilla. Finished with a burst of fruity flavor, you'll want to hit replay on our soundtrack or perhaps the sweet sound of cracking this can open. Now, I will say it does have a QR code that says beers and beats, but it's a really weird mixture of songs. Yes, I see you have a hand up. Is it, <laughs> is it from, is Duke Law a Baltimore brewery or are they at a Frederick? Okay, yes. they're at a Baltimore. They're in Baltimore. Okay. Oh, now you know who they are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can tell you. I see Google Frederick, open. No. But... <laughs> Blessings. No, they're at a Baltimore. Um, it's honestly delicious. Like it's, it's a little fruity, but it's, um, not bad fruity, but like, sweet, but not horribly sweet. <laughs> I can't, I'm like the one person that can't respond to that. Um, uh, that, it's delicious. We are no, we are no longer oh, outnumbered too, by the straits. We are, or we are no longer, we are, All the right. straits are even Chris, with did people. you just out yourself? I just came out on the pod. Oh, Congrats. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Um, Gosh. anyways, um. Wow, Chris thought he was uh, gonna make the pod great again, huh? Oh lord, big white man energy. <laughs> First, he sends us a Fox News screen cap. Now this, <clears throat> it's true. He did listen. I found out that the crazy person at my work is five two. Big psychopath energy, y'all. I'm saying. Oh yeah. Hey now, I see that. Hey now. I mean, how do you think he knows that, Kate? Can you just tell us what the charity is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Um. Okay. So now that we've talked for 25 minutes about alcohol, because it is Alcohol Wars pod. Alcohol Wars. That would be a book I would read. Anyways, uh, our cause is Black and Pink. or Sorry, Black and Pink National. Uh, It's a prison abolitionist organization dedicated to abolishing the criminal punishment system and liberating LGBTQIA2S+. That was a lot. um, And everything. Uh in that spectrum people and people again it says loving oh people i can read <laughs> this is going great um thanks this is what happens when i eat dinner at 8 30 people living with hiv slash aids who are affected by the system through advocacy support and organizing um and because i didn't know how to read i should clarify that it's not that they're affected by a system of advocacy support and organizing but rather that black and pink national does those things for these people and uh, let's get into what we're reading because I have really messed up our intro. So, <laughs> listen, birds also brought us in in the past, so you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, like, I, uh, I did, I did get the name of the author correct, which I, I've heard could be. Kristen once <laughs> forgot the name of Star Wars. If we're that's keeping true. it a hundred, that checks out. That's completely true. Anyway. Well, you know what else was confusing was the end of this book. <laughs> Have I redeemed myself? A plus, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, this ending got really twisty. I was not expecting many, many things, quite frankly. Uh, did big not... I see dead people energy? Uh yeah. I so so we get to the end of this novel, and uh, we, we've talked a little bit about like some of the like one of the High Republic books, I believe, like having big horror vibes. And I got to the end of this book, and I and then I, I kind of realized like. As they were walking around Reizu, like, which is, you know, the planet that is, like, frozen in time because it exists out, like, in its little pocket universe or wherever the fuck is going on. And everything is, like, absolutely frozen and stuff. And Burb did not have time to read the end of this book, so she's giving me a really good face <laughs> uh, where she's absolutely baffled. Anyway, and, you know, the, the, the whole thing was just, like, very eerie. 
um, as you can probably imagine. And uh, yeah, and then I it kind of dawned upon me. I just wrote write a whole book about zombies. Why didn't it occur to me that this was a horror book before this moment? But here we are. I loved when they were on the planet and there's this question of like, how the fuck does it work for with physics? Yes. And it really brought me back to times in my life where I've watched Star Wars content with people who were very invested in astrophysics. Mm-hmm. And I won't say any more to that. And uh, the the question of like, how does it work? And someone being like, it's the force, shut up. And then the fact that that exchange is in this book... <laughs> The fact that the exchange of like, well, there wouldn't be gravity if the planet stopped spinning. How is time stopped? And then being like, it's the force. You can't just say it's the force. Whatever. Just accept it was like so perfect for like a little author insert of you can just I can just imagine them like sitting there and saying, I don't know. How, how the fuck is this going to. Uh, you know what? It's Star Wars. Just make yeah, it work. Exactly. No, that, that moment. of <laughs> The moment where they're like, it's the force. And the person was just like, don't it's the force me. And I was just like, this person is all of us right now. I was just like, we have all been here. We don't have a drop for it, I don't think. Or else I can't find it. But big, that's not how the force works, energy. Why don't we have a drop for that? Uh, we might. Let me find it. Can we make a list of all the drops that know, we right, need? Really. Anyway. I've been trying to get us a drop of the fucking, like, you gotta give <laughs> sketch from I think you should leave for... The entirety that that season has been out. Christopher, if Kiki doesn't remember, Jesus, remember the name of Star Wars, how do you expect her to remember her to-do list? I mean, fair point. (laughs) We all know I'm down to be a bully. I mean, not a mean bully. I know we just said she's pregnant and sick. like one of those fun bullies. (laughs) (laughs) It's Aries season. It's true. A little bit of bullying is is how work gets done. Kate, you, you know this. Burbo. <laughs> Burbo's mad with power. Oh my god. I'm like trying desperately to not like cough to death while I laugh because I had the flu last week, which is why I'm just drinking straight gin right now, so, which is super good for my throat. But you know, here we are. Um, I mean, there are cultures where gin and vodka are a way that they respond to sore throats because it kills the bacteria. Also, it burns your throat, so there's nothing to cough. Mm-hmm. that's like not it. real i just made that up that's, yeah you, you <laughs> cough out of your lungs I, I don't know how you cough maybe my asthma has messed up my body but i'm um, speaking of messed up bodies <laughs> another <Yes>. transition <laughs> um yeah um yeah lots of messed up bodies uh, in this so so there are a lot more people who actually turned out to be dead than i thought there were <laughs> um slash people who turned out to not be dead um but yeah no uh the traveler slash Fox did not did not realize they were dead. Apparently, I was not reading closely enough because I think Ron was it you noticed? Yes, but it was still in this section, so I might just be being a pedantic asshole. I mm-hmm. when they have their flashback, they mention like a bunch of things that made me think that they were possessed. But uh-huh. I maybe I misunderstood the process. But I kind of felt like everyone other than Ronan himself or whatever we want to call him, Grim, whatever. Um, who has the witch's influence is dead. That's how I understood it, but maybe I was wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I, you know, I think I read that moment where like they're like, I don't remember like like lots of these bits, and Koru kind of assumes that they have had their bits of their memory wiped, just like she has in the past. And I kind of, I think I just kind of took that at face value. So I was just like, yeah, sure, that's fair. whatever. And then 
and then they were dead. And I was like, oh, you're dead. <laughs> so question about yes. that. When um, the Ronin says, when uh, Fox takes off their mask and the Ronin says, like, they look kind of human, but I think they're a non-human species. Do we think that actually they started off human and then they just, like, decayed and looked different? Or do we think that it's just Star Wars where everyone looks vaguely human, even in other species? See, I think this is a good question because I don't think we have rules for zombies necessarily. <laughs> like, we have some rules for zombies in this, the given in this book. More than in uh, the HBO adaptation of A Song of Ice and Fire, a.k.a. the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, so... That's accurate. Um, but yeah, we're not told uh, whether whether decomposition happens. I would think personally that decomposition is not necessarily happening only because this is probably several days worth of events and Cora's not been dead terribly long but I would assume that things also because like she's self-healing also so I would assume that decay is not necessarily happening so I would and does space even have the microorganisms and Mm. like sorts of things that would speed up true decay. but they have been planet side so that's true yeah Help. bird bird took the words right out of my mouth where i was gonna say they don't seem to have like a scent to them so i don't <laughs> yes, think yes they're not oh different <laughs> oh my god jesus christ it's fine this is a fair question though i like i like knowing about rules whatever no i mean that makes more sense when you say it that way because i kind of was forgetting that koru um was self like I remember when she self heals and when she's like what the fuck, but I um I totally did not think about that in terms of other other what are what do they call them shades? Yes, I love that use yes. of this. By the way, I was like, oh, that is yes. perfect. Oh gosh, this they're so creepy too. The way they kind of like flash in and out of existence, like they're glitching, so fucking creepy. <laughs> Made me think of like when you see something out of the corner of your eye and then it's mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big 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 horror trip vibes, and I loved it. Um, also did not see Ronan having a whoops baby with a witch. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I was just hey, like. Hey, we've all been there, I right? I was just like, we all know the Ronan fucks, but like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, early on, one of the times that Ronan, like, I think it was like within the first third of the book when he somehow, like, when there's that drop that you realize that he was like romantically involved with mm-hmm. the witch. I was interested, but then when he's in the mirror and she like talks about like she refers to that, I was like, oh, oh, this is fascinating. I will say like not talking about my personal life. I've never had a baby, but um, but reading their like interesting interaction was so interesting, like to compare to real life breakups of like the way it was written. I was like, oh, my God, this is fascinating. Like it was it was really uh, like evocative provocative sorry evocative is not a word provocative okay haha i went to school (laughs) you know sat words um but yeah uh no the twist i didn't see coming i also um i think we were wondering what was gonna happen with koru and in terms of her just like being a zombie so i feel like getting her, her getting like absorbed by the planet and then just like existing as like kind of this like infinite being is like was probably the like that was the good ending, you know? Like, I was just like, oh, this is this is kind of nice. Um, so, all that being said, uh, we get to the very, very ending of this book, and we have all the twists have been revealed, and we have this, like, a lot of really, lo- like, lovely, like, gut-wrenching, like, 
confrontation scenes um, between like Ronan and his memory of the witch and him and his daughter and all this other stuff. And we get to the very end. And I remember I like I fin- I finished the book like I don't know maybe like two hours ago and I was like and I give it to Chris and I'm like fewer people than I expected like died in this book or are permanently dead or in dead in a way that matters I suppose um, like it kind of seems like the crew of the poor the poor crow is gonna merrily continue along doing what well, we'll talk about that doing what are they doing we'll talk about in a second but how do you feel about like kind of like that you know, nicely tucked in like whatever ending. It felt very Star Wars because Star Wars loves to do that. But I will say, I say this almost every single book, not as much in the YA books because I'm not quite that much of a psychopath, but I generally feel for storytelling that death is not a bad thing. Like it it kind of wraps things up nicely um, when people die. And I feel like there's always this hesitation in a lot of storytelling to not have people die. And maybe it's just because like traditional Mohawk stories have so many people just like killing themselves and dying all the time. But I always feel like it's good closure. Like, I don't know. I don't think as many people needed to have some form of staying alive in this as they did. I feel like if they had died, it would have like concluded their story nicely versus imagining what happens to them after. But I always want more characters to die in books. So, so. so you say that's, that? That's why you love Game of Thrones. I was gonna, I, and I was also going to say, Claudia Gray agrees, and she will kill anyone and everyone that she possibly can. Yes. <laughs> That's right, Claudia. I and we love her dearly for it. I I disagree a little bit. Uh, not I I agree with I agree with your overall point. Um, I think that death is honestly at this point underused. It's like it like swings back and forth wildly. Like when Game of Thrones was on TV, every you know media wanted to just like kill everybody and be shocking like that. But then they always wanted to bring them back on like. Song of Ice and Fire, which I don't respect George R. R. Martin for a lot, but I do respect him. For Lady Stoneheart, she comes well, back. Yeah, <laughs> she she comes back in like two scenes, and then we haven't seen the rest of the books yet. Um, but that she didn't fair. come back in the in the show. That's true. In so show. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't count. Women. No, I'm kidding. George R. R. Martin hates women too. <laughs> this is true. Um, but so like it, you know, it goes back and forth. I think in pop culture, but in general, I think that like a good death is underused. Like mostly it's just for shock value, but like done in like a good way is it can be very powerful. But actually in this one, I actually liked that they came back because I think it's very indicative of how this story functions as mythology within even within a mythical world. Like it's it's almost like fable like in how it ends with and then everybody like found their purpose and got right with themselves and their spirits. And then they went on their merry way and explored the galaxy, which like, I kind of like. Like it's, I'll say that's very white fable. Like fair. I think a lot of other societies have people just die in the stories. I mean, I w- it's like don't it's very Aesopian. To to that point, I will say. I see that. Ghosts are very, it feels very Asian. Like haunting people is so fucking yeah. Asian. <laughs> like I can't like emphasize that enough well, like, positive haunting is very non-white the whites yeah. are terrified of ghosts well yeah i mean we have, i mean well i wonder why i mean we do ancestor you worship and stuff for like you know fucking reasons um but also i mean the, the japanese are very good at also doing horror as, as well for they they have that background in history so that the way that was folded in i thought was was cool anyway you were you were you were making a point yeah for sure i mean i was mostly done with it but just that i i felt that in this context of this story i thought that it worked very well um i did find it interesting that 
like kind of the question of is everybody coming back or is it just the people who made peace with themselves Do, like mm. did it actually make peace with themselves or are they just chilling now like it's it's kind of ambiguous and which is also kind of the nature of like it's the force don't it's the force me but like it's i i kind of like that ambiguity and the fact that this is such a limited story of these people like and it's interesting because this book is in a way like the broadest view of a completely different world that we don't know very well but it's also just a very character focused arc and and since it functions that way i kind of like that the characters are all there at the end no that's Mm -hmm. fair enough um i think so one of the reasons why i came up with this question is because i have a maybe almost a smaller smaller folk like more narrowly focused quibble than than might be suggested um speaking of character focus my specific issue i think is with is with is the relationship between the ronin and his daughter um because we don't find out about her until the very very end and like obviously she's been very present throughout the book but she's just talking to people through their heads because we find out that it's actually her who's been talking to like the voice in people's heads as a um as opposed to her mom because her mom is a planet now anyway um so but like i don't know they 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 achieve they achieve like not ma- ma- i mean not full reconciliation or anything like that but um yeah it just it f- felt too easy and it felt like there should have i feel think there should have been more reckoned with in terms of you know how she grew up alone and obviously he didn't know she existed but like i don't know it's like it it, it wrapped up too nicely that they're now going to like for me anyway, that they're now going to just be under one roof, like doing like a grumpy sitcom family reunion thing or something like that. Like I, 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 I think the Ronin has probably suffered enough to warrant a redemption arc, but I don't think he's there yet. And the fact that he gets to be with people and in relationship with other people feels like a redemption that he hasn't earned for me. Do you not think that his ultimate redemption would be dying because he wanted to die during his fight with Hanrai and because throughout his healing process, he's kind of like, cool, take me out? I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I wanted him to die, but I, I don't or like if him being alive, but under different circumstances would be better for me. But mm-hmm. what we have just doesn't sit 100 percent. I feel that. Also, there's like so much trauma in life for lots of people with like parent shit that for a parent to then in fiction have the same like, oh, that's cool. We have no rules. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. It's kind of also just it's close. Also creepy to me that he like he thinks it's the witch in his head. And I'm just like, you thought this was your dead lover for a really long time. And it's actually your daughter. It's like a way worse version of in the days of landline. Sorry, Chris, I was going to make a bad joke. Oh, no, I was just going to say the daughter wasn't talking to Grimm. The original witch is the one Isn't who's she? been talking to Grimm since he killed her. The daughter is the one who was talking oh, to Oh, I Koru. read this the same way as you did, oh, Kate. Okay. I thought it was a twist that it was yeah. his daughter. Because the witch, the witch said to him several voice. times, I, did, I, did, I have never wanted you to come back here. The voice yeah. in his head told him not to come back to Reizu. But wouldn't that also be what your child would say if they were like, man, you abandoned me my whole life? Oh, did, do you think... I'm confused. Do you think that she was impersonating I don't think the... the witch? Yeah. The... No, witch I guess I, I kind of thought that like that he 
you know how like you sort of twist things as you see them or as you expect them i guess i kind of thought that he like was taking her message and like projecting his own memories and concerns onto it interesting um and thus hearing it as the witch that was me interesting yeah i i I saw that Kate has the mfa so i'm biased (laughs) but yeah it's interesting because i Aside from the, the the question of who was talking to who, but because because she wants to lure him to a Zetsuki so she can absorb him, that's her entire goal. The daughter. Oh my god. Well, that's why she was trying to get everybody to bring him back. The voice in his head was not telling him to come back, though. I'm skeptical. There's there's no point in this book where the voice in his head tells him to go back to Reizu. Sure, but that doesn't tell me who that I- the voice is. I mean, fair. That's that's just that, that that might be factual. That doesn't give me any information, though, uh, in with regard to who it is. I guess the other question I had a little bit of was like with the mirror and the witch, but the voice being the daughter. I was a little bit confused about like I assumed that while the witch no longer you know was a physical entity, that that was still her spirit in the in that conversation um in that um, moment where he picks up the shard and he kind of gets like taken out basically yeah and he like gets transported into that moment i thought that was the witch but if that was the daughter then now i have to rethink about there that there was i there was like this line that made me think that um basically the force working through this shard of the magic mirror like pulled him out and kind of like took him back into his he was talking to a memory basically yeah. yeah, I kind of got that was also the point where I wondered about the baby because there's that moment where she like touches her stomach yes. and and maybe it's just because I've known a lot of people like in my I remember like when my grandma was pregnant with my youngest aunt and I remember like just all the like my aunts and when they would all be pregnant and how they would always like touch mm-hmm. their stomach while talking about something and you would be like, oh shit, there's going to be a Hera baby. Rebels before um, about Jason, so. Yeah, it's like totally a thing. And um, also sometimes you're just bloated and you're like, what is this? But and then, you know, but anyways, um, sometimes I when I kind of wondered, like, oh, if that is the moment where something like should he have been aware? Like, why didn't that stand out to him? I was kind of confused about all of that once we learn about the fact that I thought in the moment that she, you know, had some sort of like abortificent tea or something. Um, and so when we found out the daughter was alive, that does kind of confuse me around like if the daughter's talking to him and then he would went back and talked to the memory like how did he not catch something here so like that this happened my explanation for that it, it goes two ways number one men are stupid and they notice nothing true where's our air horn <laughs> burb. burb a burb is raising her hand thank Atta you girl um so <laughs> um number two number one men are stupid number one a we were talking last last episode about like who in the like actual Star Wars canon we could maybe like um I can't turn analogy into a fucking verb. What the fuck is my brain doing? Compare. But anyway, yes, thank you. <laughs> I had the flu, guys. Um like compare the some of the characters in this book too and um I had said that the Ronin kind of reminded me of like Anakin and like part of, part of it is like him being an evil Sith, and part of it is him needing to breathe through an apparatus, and part of it is him having an aptitude with droids. And also, An- Anakin come, comes comes back from rescuing Palpatine. Padme tells him he's pregnant, and he's like, 
the fucking doing math gif of like, what? <laughs> like they did not do sex ed at the temple. He has, he's yeah, so confused. Exactly. <laughs> he's just like. It was a religious abstinence only education yeah, for Yeah, like actually. He's just there like, how, how baby make done? And he's just like, I just like, sir, you're so fucking. Anyway, so that's, anyway, that, that is a long winded way to say. I just assumed he was dumb. <laughs> This is fascinating. I, re- I read this whole third part of this book so differently from y'all. It's, it's very interesting. Okay. Um, is it because you're a dumb man? Probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> At least you know. I mean, I, 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 am, I am very firm that there was no point in my reading of this book where I did not think that the original witch was talking to him. I was not always sure that the original witch was talking to Koru because there were contradictions from the start of, like, wanting somebody to kill him and, like, original witch in his head being somewhat ambivalent about his death other than like kind of like cheering for it to piss him off like that does seem like something a former partner would do i will say yeah (laughs) cancer vibes um so that's number one number two i and i think that this is also that i'm i mean that that i'm dumber that i'm an easier reader in some things because since this story is mythology and fable like like i'm much more willing to buy the simplicity of various arcs and so to me the the ending didn't bother me uh, for the reason that i thought that kind of one of the really crucial lines and it was in the temple and it was when uh fox and grim were like sitting back to back and like kind of chatting with each other and uh grim is kind of just you know in his feelings as he always is and just thinking so emo and like talking about like why he wanted to come back like why he had been searching for the sith and like taking their kyber crystals and all that junk and fox says something along the lines of uh you spend so much time thinking about what you've done wrong did it ever occur to you that you might have that it might be worth thinking about what you did right and like that to me is very crucial because to me, and this may be reading a little more into it, but maybe not. Um, his kind of self-appointed quest of killing all the all the Sith is very self-aggrandizing and doesn't actually do anything to fix the problems that he created. Whereas actually confronting what he did, both on Reizu and the planet, and also in physical form with his daughter, who he just found out about, is, like, the actual harder work that, like, actually puts him on the path toward, oh, this is... All this other stuff, I, like, told myself I was righting my wrongs, whereas really I was just doing the easiest thing to do besides just killing myself, whereas now I need to actually do the harder work of confronting what I created and abandoned. So I didn't see it as he is redeemed now. I saw it as he is finally on a path that could lead to redemption. I just feel like, I don't know, being reunited with your family and them being open to a relationship, just based on storytelling tradition, suggests redemption enough for for me to not, for it to not sit right with me. That's fair. So, yeah. Zuko giving Iroh hugs, you know? (laughs) It's that. But, anyway. The daughter, the other thing with me, though, is Mirahi didn't seem mad at him in her own way. Like, she seemed fucked up because she grew up alone, surrounded by ghosts. But, like, she didn't hate him. Like, she wanted to... I feel like 
so much of her motivation and her actions was just because she was lonely. And I feel like that extends to why she started taking people over. It extends to like how she got so like megalomaniacal and that Fox ended up having to shatter the mirror because he was afraid of what she would do and that they were afraid of what she would do. Thank you. I apologize. Um, I did the same thing in the outline. Yeah, we all suck. Uh, and poop emojis for all <laughs> indeed. Uh, and also like, I think it is part of why she wanted to absorb him and bring him back. It's because she, him, him being grim now, uh, because she didn't have anyone and it was her way of being close to people because it was the only way she knew how to do that. Cause she was never actually taught how to have relationships. But don't you think that if you lived in a world where the only real influence you had was your mother, who was essentially one with your planet that was frozen in time, maybe sometimes you get to hang out with some zombies, but they don't really offer much conversation, and there's no such thing as therapy, don't you think you would hate your other parent? I mean... If you've never Maybe been I'm taught to hate, this why would that be your first reaction? But no one has to be taught to hate. No. Like, hate is an innate instinct. I. That's a much larger oh, conversation, but I'm not philosophy. entirely sure that I agree with that. You don't think that hate is a natural human emotion? No. What? Wow, weird. this is fascinating. I think it's. I think it's a side effect of love. What? Wow. One, I think you've consumed a lot of Star Wars. I think you've consumed Two. a lot of Neil Druckmann is what you've consumed. <laughs> this is so, like, wow, we could get into a whole philosophical conversation here. I do think love and hate are somewhat related because, like, I think the opposite of both of them is indifference. But I think just, like, love is a natural emotion. I think hatred is a nat natural emotion as well, and it's one that, like, is hard. I mean, we have to teach kids not to hate all the time, right? They, like, they're two or three years old, and they're screaming at their parents that they hate them, and it's like, oh, actually, you have to teach them that that's harmful to people, you know? No? Also, she... Okay. Maybe that was I just... Or also, she thinks he's a failure. Also... Yeah. All the... He thinks he's yeah, a failure. She doesn't say he's a failure, though. Because... Because she says, I wanted to lure you here. And he says, and I disappointed you. And she's basically like, no, you didn't. I knew what to expect. Like, she just wanted him to be there. Like, she was, dis I guess she I was read disappointed that line he's as not like... stronger because she wanted to be stronger because that's how she interacts with the world. But, like, again, like. I read that so differently. Yeah. Like, I read yeah, that as really interesting. being used to him being a failure yeah. of her as if he were, like. You know, I, I I wasn't able whatever like, the fuck the line is, and her being like, "Oh yeah, I expected or it." Like, like you know that sort of like, "I know you ain't shit." If you weren't a failure, then our family wouldn't be like this. Yeah, our my mom wouldn't have become a planet <laughs> if you had just figured out how to control yourself and keep your dick in right? your pants. Sorry. No, oh, but actually, this is no. I completely agree with Rada. This is really interesting. Actually, this is very interesting. How yeah. differently we read this. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Tony. This is there. Tony's butt is on the camera for everyone wondering. Like, I definitely don't think that she knows how she feels about him, but I don't think that she hates him or even thinks that she hates him. I guess I don't think she exclusively hates yeah. him. I think she has messy yeah. emotions, but I think hatred is one of those yes. emotions. And see, that's that is where I disagree. I don't think that it Kate is. Kate and I are gonna go make her own fire. Hatred and longing, I feel like, is what her whole Yeah, idea. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like 
but how I think the longing is deeply tied to like a fantasy. Yeah, because she's resentful. I feel like she, I don't yeah. know. She 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 seemed like that to me anyway. I think I think that it is that longing and loneliness are the primary emotion. I do sense loneliness, yeah. but I I guess I thought of it more as like a hermit's loneliness where like that is life and you deal mm-hmm. with it versus like uh, everything has been taken from mm-hmm. me and I just need to have this one person type mm-hmm. of loneliness. This is interesting. But that doesn't mean that I'm right. Yeah, this is, this is, this this is, is very interesting. I think this is like the, yeah. the biggest difference in how we've read a story. That we've yeah, because usually Chris and I are on the same yeah, page. this is fascinating. When we do oh, these. I, but also, this is like the first or second book that Kate has been on, and we know that Kate and I have the same type of feral brain. So, <laughs> um, I think I will say the other part of why the ending didn't set right with me is that so Marahi just killed Fox, and there's also no consequences for that either because Fox just gets to kind of bounce right back the fuck back up from the undead. I don't know because they a zombie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot here where I'm just like, I feel like people, I feel like people deserve consequences for things that they have done and chosen to do and, or whatever. And I, yeah, I don't know. There's, maybe maybe that just says more about my personality than anything else, but. Do you think you feel that way because Fox is a very um, likable character for the first three quarters of the book? Would you feel differently if Fox were just uh, like introduced later or hadn't had their whole like deep introduction and all of their character building? That's a good question. Or as you think about that, if we had, if we had known the Fox that if we had known Fox as they knew themselves, because they did not like themselves at the point where they got to Reizu and they, and they were very clear that they were not a good person. But also, isn't that how we all feel about ourselves in real life? <laughs> like, not to be, like, really sad. Well, but sure. isn't part of that just, like, nature? I would say human nature, but that's not applicable, I guess, to Fox. But, like, isn't, like, I guess when I read a character who doesn't like themselves, but at least through their actions thus far seems decent, I generally just assume that they have self-esteem problems. I mean, yes, but also, and nobody say anything that can be used against you in a court of law, we're not murderers. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, can confirm not a murderer. Yeah. Well. Um. Oh my fucking god. So yeah, no, that's the thing. I'm like, oh no, murder, murder, murder's murder, and they were defenseless and not malicious, and they're like, you know, Fox was not malicious in their intent or anything like that, and Rahi was like, lashed out in anger when I think that given her training, she probably should have known better, and they died. What training though? What do you mean, what training? Fox was there for years. I mean, sure. Oh, I missed. I I totally. So I skimmed the last like <laughs> two chapters because Argos was being difficult and which is fine. That's truly my dog. He's very cute now. So um, but I missed that part of Fox and Marahi having a history. Yeah, no. Uh, Marahi was basically Fox's apprentice. Um, OK, yeah, I totally yeah, missed yeah. that line. Sorry. So, I mean, I can read. Oh. Book Wars Pod. Um, so I I I feel like the first thing you learn is to not like like uh, lash out with your emotions in such a way that you could like fucking murder somebody by accident, manslaughter somebody. But I isn't guess? it also like a trope of training of all sorts of training materials yes. of like you kill someone who you grew up with or trained with and like you regret yeah. it and it's like this horrible emotional 
downward yeah. spiral. That feels. I would also say that the Jedi in this universe don't seem to have the same scruples, scruples, fear of emotion that the canon Jedi do. So, like, mm. while yes, teaching someone control is presumably what somebody would do first. Okay, but like, don't murder a motherfucker is like just a basic. Do I we mean, think maybe there's something here in terms of like bloodline and destiny based on who her parents were and everything that they did? Like, maybe she's doomed to repeat this act of like. Ooh, I no, I love that. I think that's a question. Absolutely, like. It's my bullshit question here. I'm no, ready. I think I, I think that's the question. Like, you know, I think I mean it's it's a, I mean that's a classic Star Wars question. Honestly, like, you know, is 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 Luke destined to be to be Vader? Um, so I think that's an I, I I think it's an open question whether or not you believe in whatever. But like, I th- I think that yeah, I think that's in play here for sure. Absolutely. And that's really interesting. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's really interesting because she says when she's talking to Grimm about Fox, uh. Something along the lines of, it's amazing how little force you need if they don't see it coming. Like, it's amazing how easy it is to kill someone if they don't see it coming. See, and that didn't track for me because your coworker fell off a fucking town, the roof of a townhouse. Well, and- okay, sure. Maybe it's not real world <laughs> physics, but. But also people can die from rolling over on the ground wrong. Fair enough. That's true. Anakin almost died from falling off a potato. God you punch the wrong person outside of a bar and they like pass out the wrong way. I'm not, I don't know why it's outside a bar in any setting and they, you know, fall the wrong way and they're dead. Yeah. Like That's they true. hit their head in the concrete or Brenna, something happens we, in their brain. We said like... we weren't going to say anything about. Yeah. This is all <laughs> I have never done that. I have not been in a fight since I was a teenager and was, I was it outside swear of that a bar? I'm, well, a physical fight. No, no, it's just an example. Rana just murders with her emotions. Stories about bar fights? That's the worst way to murder. It hurts the most. Oh my god! The first cut is the deepest. Verbal abuse. Stop. All right. Well, I feel like I don't know. I just, man, this is like the least conclusive I feel like we've ever been in a conversation, which is a great thing, honestly. Like lots of food for thought. So yeah, folks who were reading along with us, tell us, tell tell us what you tell us what you think about motivations and feelings and and stuff. Um. But one last thing I wanted to talk about. I think we are actually going to have a wrap up for this because we just uncovered. A p- I just love lying is what <laughs> it is. <laughs> we get, Listen, we actually covered like a whole, a whole mindful of just good. I was going to say conversation nuggets. I spent three years teaching and this is how you know. <laughs> this is like, this is me being like fucking relieved that anybody in class volunteered to talk. So I don't have to do anything. And anyway. Um, so we we're, we are going to talk real quick about just um, how the how awesome the writing was, especially towards the end of this book, um, and then talk more about I don't know larger philosophical Star Wars questions in the wrap. So yeah, um, I just want to say I thought the visuals at the end of this book were just absolutely fucking stunning. Like I from the like we were talking earlier, like just a few minutes ago about um, that bit where the mirror shard takes the Ronin into that vision where he gets to talk to the witch um, or the memory of her anyway. And like from that moment forward, I swear I was like seeing everything unfolding probably the way it would have in that same like anime style that the, the short did like those moments where the mirror like shatters. I like saw that like 
you know those moments where like in anime where like the thing will blow up and it'll slow down and then like go in slow-mo and then you see the things twinkling in the air before they all fall down like i was like see- i was like seeing that in my brain it was like i don't i have no idea how the author was able to like evoke that sort of like feeling but it was there and i was just like how do how do i do that because i would like to learn <laughs> so. yeah i agree i i mean this whole book i've felt like the settings and scenes have been really beautifully written and it's funny because while I hate to to sell myself out like this, but the first three to five chapters or so, I could not get into it. And partially, I think, because we had seen it on Visions and it was like a little different but um, or similar. But it's funny because even when I was complaining, I was still picturing everything I read so clearly in my head. And I like I mean, t- when I read, I do. I'm one of those people who like sees an image when I read. Like, I think most people are. But good writing I feel like I really see like a very detailed image and bad writing I see like kind of like you know it's it's kind of fuzzy in my brain um but it's funny because even when I was complaining there were very clear images like the log on the water and all these things um the cave but I was really blown away when we got to that section I think we talked it before in the last section about the way that the author writes about like little orbs of light in that um another cave there are a lot of caves in this I just mm. realized <laughs> but uh just being really surprised at just how beautiful like the it can be hard to write setting right you can if you, if you use too many colors or similes or I metaphors it can be heavy so, yes but this author when they use metaphors it doesn't feel in any way like heavy-handed and I think that's such a talent um and yeah I think you're right that it just gets better and better as you go that mirror setting also when um the Ronin is waking up and passing mm. out back and forth it so perfectly captures the feeling of not really know what's happening knowing what's happening but also sort of having a vague sense of it having a little bit of a memory like the feeling of passing out I've never read something like that that captured something so bizarre so clearly um and I think the sense of like mysticism and magic or force or whatever we want to call it even just in what we we're talking about earlier of like the horror influence it's just all incredibly railway rel rel oh my god I've had less than half of my beer <laughs> incredibly well written um it's almost like a reverse Boston accent there but yeah it's uh I killed my point but my point was that I yeah. agree no I this this uh, like this author has just such an amazing facility for like I mean all 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 writers should do this like you know like pack as much meaning to as small space as possible but the way that this author does it is almost in a way that is poetic like I was like I can't think of any examples off the top of my head now of course because I had gin but uh there there were moments where like it, it there would be phrases where like literally it would be like two words maybe three and I would just have to stop and be like how did you string these three words together and it means 10 different things I'm going to throw my book across the room and then also set it on fire because this is so great like it was like I was just like I'm not like it's a talent like it's it's a talent it's a talent and a skill and it's just it's yeah, no, it, it, I feel like it was particularly in full force at the, towards the end of this book when we're in this like otherworldly setting. Like it felt really, really stark. It's interesting because I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, that the author's day job is that they're an anime editor. Ah, uh, interesting. That would do a lot. Cause I'm like, they're on Reizu, and I'm like, like imagining that sun being like frozen on the horizon and like, the only color that's in the short is red and so like just like like every everything in black and white but having this like red wash i was just like 
I'm feeling this. Oh, oh cool. yeah. That's interesting because the color that I saw in my head was like with the, even though the sky was that color, I saw so much like gray and like periwinkle, like mm. fog and interesting. Maybe I just made no, that up. The, the, little, the little deer that they talk about are that color. Oh, yeah. The cloud deer. I, I love those. To... They okay. made me happy. <laughs> Be gored by them. Yeah, Same thing. Pet the Estes Park of Star Wars. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with everything y'all have said. It's it's an incredibly visual book. Um, I mean, for me, the entire section on Reizu was in black and white in my head, except for lightsaber colors. So, like, and and I and love that we all saw it so differently when when Koru was dropping all the kyber crystals into the 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 water ground. That was such a cool scene, bro. Oh my god, awesome. that was so beautiful. I love this. I have nothing. Else. I have nothing smart to say about that. It was just lovely. <laughs> Yay. All right, so I have another question going back to the oh fuck the who was which ghost was talking to who when what 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 here we you, go you again this up Chris is dead does this fucking shit where he would fucking like <laughs> tell a story and then like three we- and then like and or something and then three weeks later he will start talking about the same story again except it will come out of nowhere. The previous conversation will have had nothing to do with it. He gives you no warning. He just starts talking about this fucking sandwich he had again two weeks ago. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you do the same fucking shit. (laughs) And that is what is happening right now. You're just like, wow, we're witnessing couples therapy before our own ears and eyes. The difference is this time I actually gave context to what I'm talking about. It's true. There was actually a transition there. This is growth. Yeah. I'm proud of you. It's true. So in your mind then, the scene when Koru is has fallen at the bottom of the chasm, pillars, whatever setting that she's in. When she hears a voice telling her to let go, because that will help her, like that will get her, that'll help her achieve her goals. Essentially, that'll let her choose the form that she exists in. That to me was very clear that that was original witch talking. Yeah. To y'all, is that the first time that Original Witch has talked in this book? Um, aside from in Grimm's Memory, yeah. Fascinating. Yes. Okay. For me, yes. Rana, do you... I guess I hadn't even really thought of that fact. I think there were times early on before I knew anything, like, I got where I thought it was the witch with Grimm much earlier, because who else would it be, right, before we knew about the daughter? Um... But, like, if I go back, I think I would almost have to reread the first half of the book now, first two-thirds of the book, to have a firm answer to that, to be honest. Because there were a lot of times where I feel like Grimm thought it was the witch, and it wasn't. Um, But I guess then it's, like, a reliable narrator question. Well, Chris, you've read this book twice now. Like... Oh, true. You should have all the answers. So, so, so when you... You don't, but you should. So when you fir- when you got to the reveal, the ain't first that time- the story of my life? Sorry, Jesus. what? When you got to the reveal the first time around, and you found out that it was the daughter, in your mind, like what happened? What did you retcon that you thought like? So the first time I read the book, I couldn't place what felt off about the difference between the voices, but it clicked for me that they were in fact two different voices, oh. and that there was a daughter. And this time, reading it with that knowledge, it was. very very clear to me that they were two different voices talking to one voice talking to Grimm and one voice talking to Koru slash um Hanrai 
Uh, I'm trying to think if she talks to anyone else. I don't think she does. So I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to reread this. But if I were, it'd be interesting to see the difference. Chris, you're fucking weird. Because <laughs> it, it's one reason that it was very uh, evident to me is that Grimm's imaginary friend <laughs> is just a companion. Wild turn of events. Is what? Is a companion. Okay. Whereas Koru's imaginary friend and Hanrai's imaginary friend is a boss or a master. Yes, and but don't he feels like she's directing Sorry, him. And wouldn't it make sense that this, if it is his daughter, that she's been around in his head a lot longer versus she hasn't had the chance to be in the heads of these other people for as long? Right, because so like she, it's not like she's been, she's, she hasn't been in his head for 20 years. The witch has. No. I thought he couldn't remember when the witch right. started talking exactly. to him and that it's like been so long. It, I, I got the impression that it was at some point, I don't know how long ago... Maybe I misread that, or maybe it's vague intentionally. But, but it wasn't at the. I don't know. How... No, Sorry, but ahead. it didn't feel like it was the moment of at the moment of breakage that she started talking. To yeah, him. no, it seemed to me like at some point in his like I don't want to say hermitage, but yeah. at some point in his like time of isolation yeah. and becoming less and less social, that this voice sort of cropped yes. up, and I couldn't tell if he had tried to keep it out of his head longer the same way that like with intrusive not intrusive thoughts but you know when people have like various things and he just kind of gave up on that um inhibition or whether it was something that had happened or someone he had killed along the way and then as we got more information it seemed to me like oh this is very different than i thought earlier but again, I've read the book one time. So you know what? I'm gonna here. here here's what we're gonna do because we're, we're having we're doing another episode on this. So I'm gonna look up. Oh, we're not gonna read the whole book no, again no, before the next no, episode. We're not, no, we're not. No, Jesus fucking Christ! Not all of us got MFAs. Absolute horror on Rana's face. Oh my goodness! No, I I don't have I, time. I mean, I do, but I don't want to. <laughs> I enjoyed the book. My mom's gonna be here this weekend. I already have to clean my whole apartment, like deep clean, reorganize all my spices, bleach the floors. Like there is no time to reread. This no, book. what I'm gonna do, what I'm, uh, what I singularly am going to do is I'm going to go through, and I'm going to pick out those moments where I was just like, "This is at least, uh, mm. in the very least, to prove to you that he, she has not been in his head for twenty fucking years." I love some pettiness. I'm here for that. And also, if we're wrong, tell us. But. I like being right, oh, so yeah. I hope we're not. Same. Chris, you suck. <laughs> Fuck you. That's fair. I, I, Wait, does Orca have an opinion on this? Orca's just sta- Maybe he's staring the Orca's at me opinion is play with me. For an hour. He's just been staring at me with his giant Which eyes. seems to me to be the voice of a child, and therefore he's saying it was yep. the daughter. You're, God, you're so right. You're so right. I, I, oh my God, I've heard this twice in one night. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I am willing... I'm, I will. Wow, way to just fucking. She just Oscar the shit. Yeah, just fucking playing us off the fucking stage. All right, I guess I'll save that point for next week. Thank you for listening. Listen, y'all bringing up points again. (laughs) You gotta save something. The whole philosophical thing, the writing style. That's that's wrap up episode stuff. Like. Miranda, famously the furthest west of all of us, says it's bedtime. Thank you for listening to episode 163 of Book Wars Pod. Uh, uh, 
next episode we will be continuing along yes yeah, i was not prepared next episode will be continuing it's okay i didn't say the episode to, to talk about ronin and wrapping up and continuing this discussion and uh in all likelihood hearing kate tell me why i'm wrong you fucking suck chris uh it's in the meantime it's, it's a twist uh, in the meantime, remember to get your vaccines, get your flu shots. It's not too late if you haven't yet. And uh, if you enjoyed us uh, watching uh, Mandalorian and live streaming it last weekend, last two weekends ago. Live tweeting. Live tweeting, Mando. I was live streaming video games. Live tweeting. Disney will sue us. Live streaming Mandalorian, which is already free for everyone. No, it's not free. Um I don't know. What's happening? Uh, anyway, we're going to live tweet Mando again. Um, we'll be hitting up Twitter is letting y'all know what time. Uh, hashtag BWP trash takes. So get excited. Kate will also be live streaming once again, uh, probably this coming weekend. There's a date in there, Chris. Well, not in the section that I'm looking at. So it's the 26th. Thank you. Sorry. The 26th, which feels to me Kate, like a Sunday. Kate, what are you going to live stream? Now, well, I'm up here where it says Kate live stream. <laughs> uh, anyway. Kate, can you tell us what you're live streaming? Uh, I will be live streaming more of uh, Last of Us Remastered since I'm on a roll. Um, maybe I will remember the right buttons to shoot this time because I had a brain fart and I was just getting shot at standing there like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, after we continue and finish talking about Ronan, we're going to be reading Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston. Get excited for that uh, and read along with us if you would like. Uh, in the meantime, if you have the means, please donate first and foremost to Black and Pink National. Uh, then if you want to support us, you can donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs. Uh, and we have our new tier dropping for $2 a month where you can watch Kate and myself stream. You have not seen me stream yet. Uh, it's... I'll probably stream Jedi Survivor when it comes out. You suck, Chris. Yeah. I mean, y'all can watch me fail the fucking Muspelheim trials in God of War repeatedly, but I also almost called it Mustafar, which is very funny to me. Different thing. Crossover. But, but not as different as you would think. Uh, anyway, please also give us coffee, another great way to support the pod at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Uh, our theme song is whiz bang by poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joby terror design and our audio production are done by the one and only miranda elton uh, oh shit where is it <laughs> <laughs> i gave you such a lead up for that burb sorry it's oh god <laughs> she's fucking crying <laughs> Nailed it. If you are in any way concerned about hearing an air horn 500 times, by the way, my dog just woke up, even though I have headphones in, um, maybe you should consider sharing our producer search. Yeah, so that is the next thing. As fantastic as this episode has gone, error-free, flawless, um, we are looking show. for a new permanent producer. So if you are someone or know someone who has 
audio production experience, podcast experience, just like Star Wars and wants to learn, um, we want to hear from you. So hit us up on Twitter, in the Patreon, Slack, basically wherever you can find us. Just, just, just shout really loud. We'll find you. Um, thank you again so much for listening. For all of us, Argos, Jasper, Orca, Tony, Baby Cerisi McDonald, uh, Ew. Cr- <laughs> Kristen, Rana, Kate, Miranda. I am Chris. We'll talk to you next week. Or not. Or 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 we'll fuck off. Who knows? <laughs>